All right, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is your man, El Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounce. We're going to get right into it in the middle of your week with the world on the street. Not too much to talk about today uh, on that level, but a lot of news coming from Congress. Well, a couple news stories coming from Congress, so let's get into it. And there is a possible government uh, shutdown uh, that is going to be coming to Congress with issues stemming from the, the border wall. Now, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer along with the Democrats have rejected a spending proposal worth 1.6 billion by the GOP aka the Republicans and Trump uh, they've tried to put in a couple in uh, of their own uh, but so far the GOP has not agreed to those either uh, the GOP does not want to shut down uh, does not want to shut down one thing I think is pretty clear no matter who particip uh, precipitates a government shutdown is is the American people don't like it and this is coming from senate majority leader mitch mcconnell uh, from Kentucky. However, it looks like Trump, uh, he's already been quoted as saying, well, we'll get to that quote in a second, uh, but an NBR, uh, NPR, excuse me, CBS survey said that 65% of Republicans said that sh uh, Trump should not compromise with Congress. So regardless, that's they might not want a shutdown, but that's pretty much the behavior that's going to lead to a shutdown. 25% of the uh, the government's discretionary budget will expire on December 20th, and I thought I should put that out there. So time is on the line for them to get something going because, again, their budget is running out. Also, the Dow Jones dropped 500 points, so it's affecting the stock market, too. Um, you know, I guess national security and all that, that does play a factor, of course, into, into buying and selling stocks. So it affects that there. So, of course, I'm just saying it, it affects, you know, the distance, the indecisions in Washington affect the nation on many different scales is what I'm saying. Uh, McConnell has also threatened to have the Senate working through Christmas and New Year's to figure everything out. This is something that's never um, really uh, happened before. Uh, well, too often that is. Uh, but here's a quote from Trump uh, that I that I wanted to that I wanted to talk about here. He goes, I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck, because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs into our country. Now, what's funny about that uh, statement is, well, you know, before I get into that, here's Chuck Schumer's response. Uh, no president should ever say he would be proud to shut the government down. And I I totally agree with that, Mr. Schumer. I do not uh, I do not disagree in any way. A president should not want to uh, stop down the government, shut down the government. He is the ultimate authority or the ultimate, you know, leader in this country. He should be finding solutions uh, that would, you know, well, yeah, solutions uh, to these problems. That's what a good, effective president does. Now, somebody who, you know, not that great at what he does, well, hey, you probably shut it down because he wants to put up a wall. That Do we really need it? I don't know. I think we have a lot of issues that face this country, and immigration is not one of them. Sorry. There's a lot more issues then immigration and i think immigration i'm sorry is another backwater for they're one of their you know their racist side so we can we could sit there and call it we can sit there and call it you know keeping these people out keeping you know crime and drugs uh to somewhat of a minimum but with that being said 
uh, the majority of people that are coming here are seeking work, are seeking some type of better life to begin with. They are escaping uh, those very things that you say that they're bringing here in a lot of cases. And uh, one thing that I did not hear was any type of facts or figures from him. It's funny because what the right wing will claim to do is that the left likes to send out these uh, heartfelt messages and their social justice and all this. However, they do the same thing, but from a moral high ground. I heard no facts, no stickers to back up what he just said. So you have it at that. It's the same thing. It's just uh, they're saying the opposite. They're saying the opposite message. So uh, that's what I'm getting here uh, in terms of immigration. I think that there's changes that ought to be made to it. But to say people can't come in at all. I don't agree with that. Uh, I think we have the resources. I think if we stop being greedy and allow jobs to actually come back here uh, and stop this tariff where people will be more business will be more inclined to open up and, and open up those jobs uh, here. I've already stated uh, that. See, I've already uh, talked at a story in which I, you know, discussed a few CEOs of different uh, companies in the middle of a, of, the, of this country, telling you that they are shipping jobs out of here specifically because of tariffs. So again, that is the issue. If we want jobs, let's not blame it on the Latinos or the illegal immigrants coming to take them. Let's blame it on these corporations. Let's blame it on a government that is. Uh, currently uh, forcing a trade war that we don't need, forcing countries to, uh, forcing our country to look for labor elsewhere because it's cheaper. I don't want to hear it. So, you know, that's our issue right there. And uh, there may be a government shutdown uh, within the next couple of weeks. So just look out for that, guys. And uh, moving on, there's another act that uh, Congress, one good thing that Congress was able to do, uh, well, although they're does need to be some work on it, uh, but they are getting ready to vote vote on new legislation that would that could potentially free up to thousands of uh, federal prison inmates. Now, the new uh, this is called the First Step Act, and like I said, it will only affect uh, President. I'm sorry, federal uh, federal inmates. Uh, this uh, part of part of what makes this a pretty good step so far is. It will, first of all, it will ease mandatory sentences under federal laws. Uh, this will also lessen the, uh, lessen the effects of the three strikes uh, laws as well. Gun charges are not to be, uh, they will, well, they will stop um, stacking them against drug offenders. Meaning if you have, you know, drug charges, they're not going to stick a gun charge on you. I mean, sorry, drug charges are not going to stick a, a drug, uh, sorry, a gun charge on you. This is what I'm starting this is what i'm understanding here i could be a little bit off with that but uh there's also a good credit increase that inmates can uh can get in prison uh sentences can be reduced by a week for each year served uh four thousand inmates could be uh, released uh because of this rule right here because it will be retroactive uh now the issue is going to be uh, when it comes down to it is federal the issues of federal state and then the county uh, federal and state prisons and then county jails because again like i said state prisons and county jails won't necessarily be affected by this uh they will have to make their own changes usually how they you know states rights usually how they come about to do those things uh now i i like the change of course oh well, donald trump is for it and i do i do like the changes however like i said it does not expand to the state or the county level uh again you know i and i get what you know and, I, and don't get me wrong i'm all for you know 
you know, the good time increase and just lessening the charges to begin with that, that part, I'm not, you know, uh, having issues with, again, I would like for it to span though, to the state and county uh, jails, because these are the places that are increasing in terms of capacity uh, because a lot of the federal prisons and a lot of the private prisons were being sh uh, shut down because of what Obama had previously done. Again, uh, also through my research, this is not too much more than what has already been done. Uh, not to say that this is not important, uh, but again, they've been kind of going down this line for a while. Again, I talked about Obama uh, signing legislation that ended private prisons. Uh, however, uh, a little bit shortly after Trump took office, uh, Jeff Sessions, uh, one of the things that he was able to do in his tenure was able to, he was able to open them back up. So there you go. I think we have that issue as well. Again, we have a, in terms of the state and actually the county jails, we do have a, just a large race and uh, income uh, in terms of cl class and income disparity in terms of, in terms of those populations, as well as a federal level as well. So hopefully on a federal level, it'll start to trickle down uh, into the states, like I said, because if, for one, this has not gone into official law yet. I think they will vote on this sometime uh, closer to January. And two, like I said, just to reiterate, it will only affect federal prisons. Uh, so a lot of a lot of guys will be freed on the federal level. A lot of changes will be made to federal prisons. But again, states and then county jails will be left out. Uh, but. With that being said, y'all, I'm going to take my first uh, quick break. And when I come back, I got some NBA news. Of course, I got my three my three questions going into week 15. I got my top seven power rankings. And I got a big news story uh, coming out of the other side of the bay, meaning the East Bay. Uh, and I'm talking about these Raiders and uh, their city that they, that they want to leave. They've been trying to leave. But I got a little bit of a uh, little bit of worms to, to share with you guys. So I'll be right back, y'all. All right now. All right, y'all, so I am back, and like I said, I got big news coming out of Oakland right now. It looks like the team, actually the city of Oakland, has decided to file a federal a lawsuit against not only the Raiders, but also the NFL. The suit will be headed by attorney Barbara J. Parker, and it's being ran through the uh, circuit courts of Northern California as we speak, and this is an attempt to recoup damages, revenue, and uh, she goes on to say boycotting, uh, this is a move to boy, uh, move a boycotting Oakland in the marketplace for hosting a football club. She would also go on to say the Raiders' illegal move lines the pockets of dedicated fans. I'm sorry, lines the pockets of the NFL and sticks residents, taxpayers, and dedicated fans with the bill. Now, with that being said, the Raiders currently don't have a lease to play anywhere next year, and have already, uh, already tripled their rent at the Coliseum since January of 2016. You know what I'm also going to add? Well, also, up until the Raiders decided they were going to move to Las Vegas, the city of Oakland didn't even want to offer a dime or a proposal to help change up and help upgrade that crappy stadium that they call the Coliseum out there. Say what you want. Part of the reason that the Raiders would probably want to leave is the same reason the A's wanted to leave. Thank God you were able to keep them in Oakland. And I'll be talking about their new ballpark a little on, later later from now. Not this episode, uh, a little bit later down the line. But back to the Raiders. That stadium sucks. Oakland. And this is the problem. 
I guess cities, Seattle had the same issue, don't understand how a football or sports franchise works. The NFL does not just sit there and say, oh, well, look, we have all this money. Let's just take a team and just and just put it anywhere and we'll just have it there. We'll make all this profit and all this and we'll give whatever profits we make to the city. Is that what you think goes on? No, this is a joint venture. Bottom of, bottom line is Oakland has not done anything to help upgrade that stadium or that facility since the Raiders came back from L.A. Let's keep it real. At the 11th hour, Ronnie Lodd and the old school, the old school Bay Area legends decided to come together. But by that point, it was too late. You had decades to keep that team here. Why'd they leave for L.A. in the first time? Oh, see, y'all need to learn your history. Y'all know some of y'all feel bad. Y'all might feel mad. Y'all might be rooting for them to win the city. I hope they lose. Because, again, why do you think the A's want a new stadium? Why, why are the Warriors leaving? I don't hear nobody tripping about that. Hmm. Warriors going to, going to the most posh, most extravagant, most liberal city you could ever go to that a lot of us won't be able to afford to see. Let's keep it real. Nobody's tripping about that, are you? Oh. Hmm. Oh, but Oakland's taken from the tax. Well, that you know what? They have one of the most loyal fan bases, I will say. I will give you this. It's become international, believe it or not. Y'all don't want to say this. Uh, Y'all got to travel a little bit. It is international. But I will tell you this. Oakland has some diehard fans. And yes, it does suck not being able to, uh, to just be able to go and see them. It does suck. I have my A's, though. If I was a Warrior fan, I would have had them for years. But I, I don't. I'd rather take a drive to, uh, to to Sacramento or Portland. That's just me. That's my port. That's that's my basketball allegiance. Sorry, can't can't help me there. You know, sharks choke too much for me, for me to respect them, and like them. Sorry, they don't they don't win. Reporting enough games for me. I love the A's. I always have love for the A's. Um, they do have a pedigree. Uh, back in the seventies, and I just you know just dig them, and I dig the vibe, and I dig dig how close they were to where I lived, and I can go see them. Same with the Raiders. That's why I never went to. I never could be a, a 49er fan. I don't see myself going to San Francisco to watch them play. I don't. No. I might have to think about taking trips to Cal. Now, but uh, to watch, get my football fix in. But you know, I'm not. You know, again, you know, and, and about and when it comes to the Raiders, again. I've always been a fan of the Raiders. The Raiders, you know, I never put a city on it. I just put Raiders on it. I, I saw the logo. I and, to get, and don't get me wrong, you know, because when I first was a fan of the NFL, when I first got into this sport, I wasn't a fan of any team. I was a fan of players. I love John Elway. John Elway was the first, uh, the first riding off into the sunset uh, moment in sports I ever saw. A lot of us, I know a lot of us ever saw that. I was a fan of Jamal Anderson and, and some of the Dirty Birds, uh, Rashawn Mathis and Ray Buchanan and those guys. Uh, I, I was, I was a real big fan of of Jerry Rice and and Steve Young. wasn't a fan of the Niners though. I didn't like the Packers, but I I fucked with J J uh, Brett Favre and and Reggie White back then. Yeah. I don't. I didn't know too much about the Patriots, but you know, I knew about Drew Bledsoe enough about Drew Bledsoe. But when it came to the Raiders, that was the first team that I dug, man. 
the way they were playing, the way that the way that they carried themselves, their coach at the time, John Gruden. This is why you know I'm I've been a, I'm I'm gonna dig them forever. And see, this is the thing about it: when you when you become a fan of that team, you gotta think about it. That comes with the territory. Don't act like you've never heard the word faders or traders. Come on now. I mean, come on, this is this is your history. This is the history of the team. This is what they they've done it before. I came in here, I came in the I came in the, the fandom knowing, oh look, they came from they they they'll leave and go to LA. I I but when I was in fifth grade, I was immediately automatically incensed we could always go back to LA. Since the fifth grade, I said this multiple times. Las Vegas was a, maybe was on the furthest, was was there maybe a 10%, but 90, I was 90% certain we would go back to LA at some point. Very surprised by what the the Rams did, uh, but to, to to sue them now, to sue the NFL now, Oakland no. When when you've had opportunity for years, this is how this works. This is the same reason why the Seattle SuperSonics left and went to Oklahoma City. This is not just the NBA and that specific team owner just puts in some money and they make a team and then the city comes in and profits. No. No, the city has to actually put some put some funds in too. That's how it, that's how it works. Oakland never wanted to do that until the last minute after the fact that after the the, the Raiders already agreed to to a stadium. Oh well, now we're ready. Now we have a plan. Look at what we want to do. Come on, come on. What's funny is is before the A's made their their stadium uh, out there, I, I think it's gonna be well, their new stadium, uh, my my uh, their model. Uh, they're they're trying to put it somewhere near Jack London. I had I had a vision of somewhere somebody putting uh, somebody putting a, a a some type of stadium up there. I was hopefully thinking to be the Raider Raiders somewhere in that in that uh, industrial area, West Oakland, uh, to kind of to kind of bring the area alive over there. I was I was envisioning that myself. I I was hoping it'd be the Raiders, but it didn't happen. The city of Oakland didn't want to uh, open up the funds, and and maybe they ain't got it. That's that's understandable. Well, then be honest about it. The NFL would have helped y'all, but it seemed to me that the city didn't really want to you know get involved at any level. And this is not just a league slash the the owner of that specific team deal. That the city has to be involved on different levels too. And I felt like the Raiders missed out, and uh, they're trying to have a little sissy fit about it. Let it go. Sorry, it's not coming back. Um, good luck to the Raiders in Vegas. I'll be rooting for them. I'll come. I'll come to games that really count, and I'll be watching them every weekend, like I always do on TV. There you go. Uh, moving on. Uh, let's get to my three questions for Week 15. Heading into Week 15, 18, though. Uh, for one, how will Sammy Watkins' injury affect the Chiefs? Now, I already talked about. I'll go. I'll, I'll touch over a little bit more in my top uh, top seven power rankings. But uh, Sammy Watkins will be out. It's a day to day injury. He injured his toe. Uh, no, actually, his foot uh, a few weeks ago. And the last time he did get some play uh, was I think it was um, week nine. Uh, but the question is, how long will it, how long will he be out? Uh, my biggest question is. How will it affect the Chiefs going into the playoffs? If he, uh, if it just so happens he might be missing some time when it comes to comes to that point. Uh, my second question is: Does home field advantage really matter? Uh, as we could, I, I mean, I saw last week's game uh, with the Bears and the Rams. I don't think that so much made a difference as opposed to just players making plays. Uh, again, I, I you also saw the Saints a couple weeks back lose a big game to the Cowboys. So I'm iffy on that. 
uh, I'll have to take a, a really quick. I have to take a, a good look at what happens in the, in the final couple of weeks of this season, and then off and off into the playoffs. Because in my in my opinion, I don't really think it matters. I think if you're if you're ready to play, it doesn't really matter where where when it's at. Uh, and three. Is Mike Tomlin to blame for what's going on in Pittsburgh right now? We'll get an idea about uh, what happens next week. If they lose big time uh, next week to the Patriots, uh, this week to the Patriots, listen to what the uh, if if uh, members of that front office are interviewed, like the GM and all that. Listen to what they're saying. Listen to how they're directing it. If they if they mention Mike Tomlin more. It's a bad sign. If they mention members of the team, if they mention the team as a whole, then he might be spared for now. But uh, peep, peep how the uh, if if they're you know if they're you know talked to by the media, especially after a big loss, peep how the GM and, and those front office guys uh, examine things, and we'll in uh you'll I think you'll see kind of an answer. We'll see kind of an answer. Uh, so let's wrap this up. Let's go through the top my top seven power rankings and. Um, you know what this this week was. You know, with the losses that some of these teams took, New England, Houston. Uh, I had to switch some things up. Uh, Miami had a good win, so I compensated for that. Uh, this was a little bit hard. This was probably one of the hardest top sevens that I came up with, especially uh, everything after four uh, was pretty difficult. And even my third place team could have probably been swapped with my fourth place. But let's just get into it. Uh, at number seven, I have New England. They are currently standing at nine and four. Of course, they're fir still first in the AFC East, despite that loss to the Miami Dolphins. That was a very ugly loss in Miami, in my opinion. Gave up way too many points. Uh, not necessarily you know a patriots uh performance but they can still win the the uh the 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 division so that looks to be uh in shape for them i don't think the dolphins of course the dolphins can't catch up nobody's catching up to them so it's just a matter of time and a big question for them is belichick starting to get old now i know uh that a lot has been said uh especially in their losses uh, about maybe tom brady or where he's at is he getting older? There was a lot that was that could have been said about that. Uh, of course, you had Bill Belichick wanting to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo as a replacement and all the drama that came from him having to trade him. Uh, so that's very interesting. But with the last few losses, especially this loss to uh, Sunday, excuse me, it, it, it looked to be the defense that and it looks to be the defense this year that's been really lagging. And, and some of their in, in, in the last few years, it has looked like their defense has not been up to par. So. Maybe it's Belichick that's losing it just a little bit. Maybe he's losing his edge. Maybe he's getting a little bit too old for this. Maybe he might want to walk away or go to somewhere, go to another team, as opposed to this Tom, um, as opposed to Tom, excuse me. But uh, it's a very interesting situation going on in New England. It'll be interesting. Uh, I, I really, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by that Pittsburgh game. Uh, I think uh, I, I want to see uh, if Pittsburgh's uh, if Pittsburgh as a whole is mature enough to handle that game, and I want to see uh, if just how. Just how good that New England defense is, because because this offense, this Pittsburgh offense, does have some all stars, does have some people that can stretch the field, and their receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Smith. Uh, again, they don't really have the running game that they want, but of course they got Captain Fatfuck, aka Ben Roethlisberger, who can't make plays. But you know, they seem to own, the Patriots seem to own this team. So if they're able to keep the you know the uh, 
momentum going with that and the status quo with that, then I think they should be all right. Uh, moving on, let's go on to number six. We have Dallas. They are currently first in the NFC East. Uh, they beat down their rival, their divisional rival, the Phillies in overtime. Uh, the Phillies look to be done. Uh, looks like, you know, Malcolm Jenkins are, is woke, but he plays defense on snooze. Uh, but anyways, I wanted to throw a little one-liner at that dude. Uh, they've won five straight, that being the Dallas Cowboys, and Amara Cooper He's on a tear lately. He had 217 yards last week and three touchdowns. He's going to be a major factor for this offense. Uh, he's he's definitely turned my opinion around about him. I was not really high on him leaving Oakland. I thought Oakland was uh, getting getting rid of somebody who really wasn't up to his potential, but he turned out to prove me wrong, and I'll, I'll eat that. I'll eat that crow for this time. I, that's nothing wrong with that because I, I was right about the Bears. So when you, when you win some, you lose some. So I'll take that. Moving on to number five. Guess who got the Bears sitting there at nine and four? Of course, they are first in their division as well. Stingy defense. Last week they won against the Rams, fifteen to six. Very great game. Four turnovers forced on that uh, that Rams offense on that great Jared Goff quarterback puts a lot of questions into that onto that Rams team and also onto Jared Goff's head going into these playoffs. I like the win, but my biggest question, my biggest takeaway from it all. What if Mitch Trubisky was actually raw? They would have blown that team out. They could blow teams out if Mitch Trubisky can throw the ball just a little bit better. He threw interceptions, too, in that game. Ugly. I think about threw about three. But uh, he did throw the game, win a touchdown. But, again, imagine. Oh, Imagine if he threw three touchdowns to one interception. Oh, my God. Uh, well, you know, that's just something that comes with improvement. I'm, I'm rooting for Bears, and I think their their improvement is hinged upon his um, upon Trubisky's development. But for now, because I like the way that they win, and I like the games that they're winning, they're winning important rivalry games against divisional opponents. I have to put them there at number five. At going to number four, we have the L.A. Chargers sitting uh, at ten and three. They have a good young defense. Uh, they got safety Derwin James and linebackers Joy Bosa. And uh, Melvin Ing, uh, Melvin Ingram, I like it. The schedule is, uh, I'm sorry, their uh, their AFC Championship, the AFC West Divisional Championship is on the line there this week, and pretty much their playoff schedule, meaning their seating is on the line this week. They're going to be taking on Kansas City. This is going to be the most important game in the AFC, I believe, this week. Uh, and Melvin Gordon will be a game time decision, so got to look out for that. But for right now, they played solid. They played really good football both sides. I like Philip Rivers and what he's been able to do. Uh, I hope Melvin Gordon can play, but uh, they're currently sitting at number four. At number three, we have the Saints uh, up there at 11 and 2. I think they'll get back to business as usual at Carolina. Of course, they were able to beat the Buccaneers. And this is all coming back from that Cowboy loss. But, I, I, you know, the, the Carolina Pussycats, come on now. Them and that bug-eyed Eric Reed dude, come on. They ain't, they ain't about it. They ain't about it. Cam Newton ain't as raw as we thought he was going to be. I'm disappointed. I was disappointed. I'm disappointed, Cam. So I, I I don't I don't I don't I don't give uh any shot to Carolina. I think they're falling apart. Something needs to change. I hope Ron Rivera gets fired. Something needs to change there because they're not uh no. And um I don't think they will lose to Dallas again. 
I think they're mature. They're mature. I think that defense uh, has come has come of age. They didn't play that bad in that game versus Dallas. They only gave up 13 points in total, despite uh, the, giving up the loss. And of course, you can say what you want about Dallas's, you know, quarterback, that being Dak Prescott. But they were able to, you know, keep Zeke Elliott contained. Of course, he did not have a monster game in terms of scoring. They also were able to keep Mari Cooper in check. So they were able to keep their X factors and their superstars in check. So. Um, they played a solid game defensively, but can they do it again? I don't know. I'm not. A, I don't know if they could do it twice against the Saints' offense with a veteran quarterback that learns as he goes along, like Drew Brees, and and a coach like Sean Payton. They seem to. They seem to improve on mistakes after a loss. That's just me. That's what I'm seeing. Uh, so it'll be hard to beat them. They're my number three team. At number two, of course, we have the Rams sitting there at eleven and two as well. What the fuck happened to y'all last week? I mean, y'all did not play that hard in Chicago. Y'all couldn't run the ball. Y'all couldn't pass the ball. Jared Goff is throwing interceptions. I don't like it. I don't like it. And uh, what I also don't like is both their losses this year have been on the road to NFC playoff-bound teams. They lost to New Orleans on the road a few weeks back in a pretty decent game for both, uh, both squads. But, again, they took the L there. And they also just recently took the L on the road last week to, in Chicago. I don't like it. I do not like them on the road. I a lot can be said for how they play in LA. I'll give them that. LA is a is a different monster. But this team on the road, especially if it were to get cold, I don't like it. And I don't like them playing in New Orleans either. I don't think they have what it takes. I think they play too much hero ball on defense to get it done uh, against somebody like a Drew Brees. Unless they get 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 uh, make some improvements there, uh, I don't. I'm not I'm not sold about this being a Super Bowl team, guys. But for right right now, I have them at number two, and at number one we have the Chiefs again, another another eleven and two team. Uh, like I said, they have a big matchup against the Chargers this week that will determine the AFC uh, West, and I think even just because you know you don't know how these games could go, uh, maybe the one or two seed, uh, maybe possibly the, the two or three seed uh, within the AFC uh, within the uh, NFL playoff, well at least the AFC playoff rankings right now. Uh, but they are, like I said, without Sammy Watkins, he's a day-to-day and you're dealing with a day-to-day injury that could take up to six weeks to work itself out. They recently had to pick up Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, so it not looking pretty for him right now. And the, like I said, the question is, how will it affect him? Will he be out come playoff time? Uh, like I said, six, up to six weeks. It, it, how will it affect them during the playoff time? They're going to need somebody to throw that ball to. That's their one of their main targets. Uh, that's their number two receiver outside of Tyreek Hill. So you got to be able to stretch that ball. So And that might work because, you know, that might come into San Diego's favor because they do have a pretty decent secondary. So without those extra bodies, hey, <laughs> you got to give them some, some uh, little bit of a uh, little bit of an edge here. All right, so we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go over some college basketball. We're going to go over last night's action. And we're also going to go over the top 25, y'all. And then we're going to wrap everything up with last night's NBA action. And we're going to go over the standings there as well. All right, y'all, we'll be right back. All right, y'all, I am back. So let's get right back into it. I got some top 25 college troops action uh, from last night. Just a couple of games here. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, we have number 23, Furman, getting it done against uh, Charleston Southern, excuse me. 77 to 69 is the score there. 
uh, for Furman. Uh, they got their scoring done, got their scoring from uh, Ford Noah Gurley, who had 17 points and three rebounds. Also, guard Alexander, he had uh, 16 points, three rebounds, and two assists. As for Charleston Southern, uh, their highest scorer was Duncan Alexander. Uh, the Ford had 13 points, three rebounds, and two assists. Furman uh, retains their spot in the top 25, and they go on to 11 and 0. As for Charleston Southern, they are currently four and five this season. We did have an upset last night. Uh, number 17, Villanova. They went down in a Philly Classic to pin 75 to 78. Uh, Villanova moves on to eight and three. Penn moves on to nine and two. They should be ranked soon. That's my opinion. For Villanova, their highest scorer was Colin Gillespie. He had 20. Matter of fact, he led all scores with 21 points. He also had four rebounds. Guard Phil Booth also have 18 points. As for Penn, they got they got their scoring from forward AJ Brodeur. He had 16 points, six uh, rebounds, and also four assists. They also got help from Antonio Woods, their guard. He had 16 points, five rebounds, and four assists. Moving on, we got these top 25 rankings here. Of course, there has been some movement uh, within the last week or so, starting with number one Kansas. They were number two last week, uh, but they got a, a a pretty easy win last weekend. Um, and Duke is at number two. They've been on an Ivy League tour. Their last one was 58 to 91 against Yale. The next game is going to be versus Princeton. That should be an easy one. Um, and they won four in a row since their loss to Gonzaga. And their top recruit, uh, RJ Barrett, is going 22, 24.2 uh, points a game. Also, Zion Williamson is doing his thing there, becoming a factor within that starting lineup. So they're looking to they're looking to make a tear in a conference play. I can see it right now. They haven't started too much. I don't think they've started conference play yet, but they're willing to. I think they're going to tear up that uh, ACC, but that's that's my opinion. And number three, we got ten, uh, Tennessee out there at 7-1. and one. They got a big upset win against Gonzaga on Sunday. I'm, ex I'm excited. I'm surprised. I didn't know they could play basketball in Tennessee. I thought it was just a football school. I'm just playing. But again, I'm a little bit surprised. Their men's basketball team has not really been that raw. But they... Actually, for the last that's the last ten years, they've been at least within the top twenty-five. That is, in terms of basketball, their women's team is that's the championship winning team there. That's why I'm a little bit surprised. But, anyways, moving on, we got number four. We got Gonzaga. Like I said, they did take that uh, loss to Tennessee on Sunday, but they still sitting in there in the top five, nine and one overall. At number five, we have Michigan at ten and zero. I'll be covering a little bit more of them. I, I like the way that they play, and I like the conference that they play, and I think they can easily win that conference. Something about something about the way that they they look to me. Uh, number six, we have Virginia. They're also undefeated, sitting there at nine and zero. At number seven, we have Nevada, ten and zero. At number eight, we have another SEC team here. Uh, our first team in the top ten with a loss. Here comes Auburn at eight and one. Uh, we also got Michigan State here. They're the only team. Well, yes, they're the only team here in the top ten with two losses. They're sitting here at eight and two. Uh, at number nine, and then at number ten to round it out, we have Florida State eight and one. Uh, going now to number eleven, we have Texas Tech. They are still undefeated at eight and zero. Oh. They are also first, well, tie for first in the Big Twelve. Uh, we have number. Uh, 
number 12, North Carolina. They are currently at 7-2. Virginia Tech, same thing, 7-2. At number 14, we have Buffalo, 9-0. At number 15, here comes Ohio State. They are currently 8-1, second in the Big Ten. They have a top 20 strength of schedule, which to me, if they're able to get to it, believe me, they definitely deserve uh, a, a ticket to play in the big dance however they are 103rd on offense i don't see how it can work but the defense is pretty good uh they're top 30 uh they only allow 60 points a game uh moving on to number 16 we have wisconsin another big 10 school eight and two overall at number 17 we have villanova eight and three like i said they just recently took that philly special loss uh they were i think they were on a winning streak against the teams in that in that city of philadelphia they're, they're a philadelphia school of course uh they were on a winning streak but penn snapped that last night so they have to they have to take that hell and hold that for the city uh number eight at number 18 we have mississippi state some really good rep uh, sec representation this is normally known as a football conference but it looks like they got some solid basketball too. Uh, they are currently at 81. At number 19, we have again another SEC school. This time it's Kentucky, but we all know about Kentucky. Uh, I'm just surprised about the Tennessees and the Auburns and the Mississippi States. I'm proud of those guys because you don't necessarily hear about those specific schools um, in terms of basketball, uh, specifically Auburn. Auburn's normally a football team. Uh, definitely Mississippi State is more known as a football team. So I like that. I like that. Even, even Nevada being number seven that's some, something to me that i don't necessarily normally see but moving on let's go to number 20 uh we have arizona state here they are sitting at seven and one they are five and oh at home which is which is dope in the pac 12 you need that you need you need to be winning somewhere why not at home uh they are led by a uh, shooting guard uh lugentz uh, Lugentz Dort. He's averaging 22 points a game, six rebounds, two assists. Uh, he's looking like one of the top players in the Pac-12 right now. They have a big Showtime this week. A uh, big uh, Showtime uh, game this weekend. They will be hosting Kansas on Saturday. So look out for that one. If they're able to get that one. They might move somewhere, but I'm looking. I'm looking for Kansas to to get that one. I think it'll be a highly competitive game, though. Uh, but at number twenty one, we have Marquette sitting there at eight and two. At number twenty two, we have Iowa at seven and two. They were able to uh, hold on to their seven their number their their spot in the rankings despite losing two games last week. I I had I had predicted that they would get kicked out, but. I guess the selection committee likes them. At number 23, we have Furman. Again, we talked about them. They are currently 11-0, and and this is their first time ever being in the top 25, uh, starting with last week. So two, here's the two weeks, guys. Here's the two weeks. Let me, clap, let me give you all a quick clap. Good job, guys. Good job. At number 24, we have Houston at 8-0. and And finally, rounding it all out, we have Kansas State at 6 and two all right y'all i'm gonna take one last quick break and when i come back i'm just gonna go over some nba uh action from last night no real news to cover this time around uh but just some just some games just some games for you guys all right y'all i'll be right back yeah yeah y'all i am back i'm gonna wrap this up for today i got some nba action from last night as well as the standings uh but let's get right into it uh, we got the blazers losing to the rockets last night uh 103 to 111 dame dollar did, still did his thing 34 points cj also did his thing uh 22 points four assists yusef nurkic also helped out 15 points 10 uh 10 rebounds and four assists this team just needs a little bit more help i don't know what it is uh definitely wouldn't be it would be hurt it wouldn't hurt for us to have another wing maybe uh but this 
this is too much. It's too much. Uh, we're we're battling right now, and it's just uh, not to a team like the Rockets. I, I, these L's to teams like the Rockets, I don't like for for my team right now. It's it's just not good. Uh, I know they have James Harden, but overall, that's all they got. CP3 is getting getting older, and they don't really have no help outside of that. This was supposed to be a down year for the Rockets, and it is. And we shouldn't be taking those L's to them like that. You know, I don't like it. I don't really like it. Uh, as for the Rockets, though, James Harden, uh, he got off. He had 29 points, four assists, uh, second uh, second highest score on, on both teams. Eric Gordon also did his thing. He had 14 points for uh, four assists and CP3 he had a triple double. Uh, 11 points, 10 assists and 11 rebounds. So go figure. They were able to do their thing uh, and got the W. Not really happy about that one though. Not as a fan. Not as a fan. Uh, next game we got we got uh, the Suns and the Spurs. Uh, the Spurs got that win 111 to 86. For the Suns they got helped out tremendously by TJ Warren. Uh, not enough though but he was able to get 26 points six rebounds and two assists. DeAnthony Melton also helped out. He had 17.7, uh, seven rebounds and six assists. And for the Spurs, we have Bryn Forbes. He got uh, 24 points, 11 rebounds, and three assists. LaMarcus Aldridge uh, did his thing as well. He had 18 points and five rebounds. And a uh, quick fact here, Greg Popovich becomes the fourth all-time coach in terms of wins. So he moved past uh, Pat Riley. So good achievement for him. Uh, congratulations. The Spurs won't be doing nothing this year, though. And uh, finally, we got the Raptors getting the win against the Clippers. Clippers, <laughs> 123 to 99. For the Raptors, Serge Ibaka led the scores. He had 25 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists as well. And uh, Kyrie Lowry, he had 21 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. Jonas Valanciunas, 16 points, 5 rebounds off the bench. For the Clippers, uh, Boban Marjanovic was their highest leading scorer. He had 18 points, 7 rebounds off the bench Tyrone uh, Tyrone Wallace also helped out with his 15 points six assists and four rebounds but their two best players Gallinari and Tobias Harris only combined for 21 points and eight rebounds not good enough to get it done against the Raptors not good enough to get it done at all but oh well moving on let's get to these standings and uh, we're going to start with the Eastern Conference as we usually do and on top of that we have the Raptors they are sitting there pretty at 22 and 7 I think they can carry this number one ranking throughout the uh, throughout the way. I think the Bucks, uh, they don't. I don't think they have the team, uh, the same, the same, the same talent. In my opinion, there's a there's a difference between the Raptors, uh, the Bucks, and the Sixers. Those those three teams, they're those. Uh, uh, I think the Bucks are a little bit. A little bit further removed for those guys. I've seen some of their averages. Everybody on that team is is can get double figures any night. It's not like the Bucks where if Giannis gets off the court, that whole team falls apart. It's not like with the Sixers where you know Ben Simmons takes an injury or Joel Embiid takes an injury. It's a wrap. They have some solid players on that team that can score and can do their thing regardless of who's on the court. I like the way they're looking right now. Uh, like I said, also we got the Bucks sitting there at number two, 18 and eight. The Sixers are at 19 and nine. Uh, the Pacers are at 17 and 10. I like the way they've been playing. They've been playing some good scrappy basketball. I would not be surprised if they were able to push to a third or a second seed by the time this is all said and done. That's just me. Uh, at five, we have the Celtics. Uh, they're, uh, they're starting to get their, their stride. They're at 16 and 10. I don't know just how good that they are though. I, I think there's some limitations to that team. Um, 
if not if not with in terms of just how they play in terms of just X's and O's, but maybe just in the terms of pecking order. You know, I, I think a lot of the younger guys are starting to look at uh, Gordon Hayward and, and Kyrie Irving just a little bit differently now. Uh, but at six, we have the Pistons coming in at 13 and 12. We have the Hornets at seven. They are 13 and 13, so they're able to stay at 500. And we have the Magic at number eight. They are currently at 12 and five. As far as the Western Conference is concerned, we've got the uh, Thunder on top. They're at 17 and 8. At number 2, we got the Warriors. They are 19 and 9. At 3, we have the Nuggets, 18 and 9. So they're still up there despite all the injuries that's going on with them. And they, believe me, they got some injuries on that squad. At 4, we have the Clippers at 17 and 10. A couple weeks ago, they had one of the best records in the league. Now look at them. That's what happens when you don't have a superstar. At five, we have the Lakers at 17 to 10. They're still trying to find their way. They definitely have a good winning record. They are a few games above 500, so I will give them that. That is pretty good. At six, we have the Grizzlies. They are at 17 and 10 as well. At number seven, we have the Mavericks at 14 and 11. And rounding out the uh, the Western Conference, we have the Blazers at 15 and 12. All right, y'all. We're gonna wrap this up for today. Uh, check back in with me. I uh, for my next episode, I will be going over uh, Thursday night football. Well, of course, uh, whatever news that arises from the NFL, I will. I need to be doing some free agency uh, research for the MLB. I haven't heard too many uh, stories come out of that, so I'm in, I'm, I got to get back into that, making sure uh, everything is up to date. The only thing I know so far uh, with that is just a couple of visits so far. No real signing of any contracts yet. So I will be getting back to you guys with that. And, of course, we do got some college troop action. We are in the midst of that, too. So uh, I will be getting back to you all within the next uh, about the next, uh, I, I would say tomorrow night. I want to say tomorrow night. So look out for me for tomorrow night. I'll have something ready for you all then. All right, y'all. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. And uh, peace out. One love.